Welcome to the podcast called Weekend at Effie's, which also heavily features Peter, who I share my weekends with, Peter and Effie Weekend at Effie's. This week on the episode, we talk about Chicago eventually going to see The Cure, uh, Morphic Resonance, uh, Controlling Your Agency and Suffering, Toy Story 4, Toy Story 4, and... uh, Working out in porn theaters with little cummy ghosts coming to kill you. So make sure you listen and pay attention. There are a lot of questions at the end. I think they're full of lots of interest. And weekendateffies.com is how you can ask questions on your own by joining our Patreon. And uh, I'm very excited because this is a an episode that takes place in the middle of a week off. And you can tell in this episode, I'm frazzled by life. And I think that's important. So without further ado, listen to this podcast, follow, leave a review, Weekend at Effies.com. Follow me, Effie Lives, and follow Peter Low Sky Dance for the real insights of living w- with me. There's real insight there. This is the great trick of the South, Peter. You wake up, it's 9.30 to 10 a.m., and you walk outside, right? And it feels decent. Muggy, but uh-huh. decent. And then within 25 minutes, you are suffering intently. To the point where your body can't even think anymore, and the heat has completely overtaken your mind. Did you feel the heat this morning? Yeah. You took the dogs on a walk for me. Well, for for the them, dogs. for the dogs, I and know. Me. But also, I had to take Cranberry back home after she spent her Fourth of July over here hanging out with us, and so I guess we tag teamed it. But you know i had two dogs involved and you had one dog involved it's very it's it's i'm telling you on air thank you very much for walking those of dogs of course i feel like uh, this requires a little background because for me i never really had a summer break like there wasn't it wasn't treated as a break ever uh from the time i was turning 16 so like the june between my i guess w- I, w- would it be my sophomore and junior year so like that sophomore end of sophomore summer I started working at Two Men in a Truck uh, on the trucks in the summer. And so I was just used to sweating and putting in more work in the summer than I was having to put in during the school year. And then I got to college. I continued doing the same thing until I started doing some some tours with bands, which is also miserable heat in a van with, you know, you think you're gay until you start smelling pop punk guys' feet in a van. And then you go, I don't know, man, maybe they were right about uh, Carmen Electra. Maybe that was the goal. Uh, and then after graduating, I obviously went right back to work, two men in a truck, sweating. Uh, every summer being the biggest money times for moving. People are as insufferable as possible when you're moving their stuff. The worst day of their life is every day of mine. And now I'm actually feeling like for the first time, I'm kind of in a summer break. And I'm wrestling a lot. You know this, but you were surprised to hear this weekend. I'm only gone Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And it's only one match. And then I got booked to MC the Jersey Championship Wrestling Big Ass Birthday Bash. So only one day of actually bumping this weekend. But that does not mean that I did not finish out Pride Month with as much fucking labor as possible. And I think I tricked myself into thinking, oh, it's hot outside. I have to be working. I have to be doing the most. I want to tell you, and this number to me... I feel like it could be more impressive, but I'm impressed. I had 17 matches in 31 days over the course of June and the first day of July. Good grief. Right. And 
it's not 17 matches, oh, they're uh, 40 miles up the road. This is 17 matches in completely different areas of the United States. Much like winter, I got to experience summer everywhere. But as you'll hear on this episode, Chicago, they took the they took the top. I have to every time I say Chicago, I feel like I'm on Colt Cabana's podcast back in the day where he's like, "In my studio apartment in Chicago, you know, it's like I don't want to just sound like Colt Cabana, but I end up sounding like Colt Cabana. And as you can see right now, he offered to give me a haircut a few times. I ne- I didn't take it. I'm really on the cusp right now, Peter, before we get into this. I obviously need some sort of trim or hair cut, but I'm at a moment where the heat tells me to shave all my hair off and get a little baby short boy haircut, but my heart tells me it's time to dye it blonde again. And you just made a nervous look at me. You laughed. You have a little like a nervous smile with your teeth gritted right now. (laughs) It might be dangerous. But it might be what's required. I just think that there's something interesting energetically that happens when you decide to go blonde. Oh, I'll tell you what it is. I'm a psychopath. (laughs) I feel like the government law doesn't apply to me, hence my probation. Uh, I feel like I'm an unbeatable, immortal uh, god, uh, hence the matches I just sent to Jim Cummings uh, as a part of my live reel, which I said most of my work has been in live violence theater. But I am a member of SAG as I portrayed a demon on a Netflix children's show. Uh, Congratulations. The third book of Dead India will be out soon. But Chicago took the cake. I went to Chicago four times in the month of June. Four times. Pause. What was going on, Peter? Do you want to explain? People are invested now. Um, There... It was just like a tiny, tiny bit quiet at the beginning, and then I adjusted a knob, and it normalized it how it should. It's a fluke. It's a fluke. Okay, yeah. we're not gonna. We're, we did apologize to the spirits. We here. did. We yes. Um, it's also like audio does this sometimes. All right. Where well, what's just, cooler, Peter, is audio does this or the spirits. Okay, let's put it this way. Audio is susceptible to random things happening, and if we're talking about random energies coming in and interfering, it would be the most susceptible to that sort of... It's why, like, you know, whenever they send, like, ghost hunters out or whatever, right. they can never really get anything. No, but the little meter will go, like, yeah, and they're they, like, that they, could be her. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? That could be her. If you slow it down ten times, it sounds like she said, let me out. Let me out of here. I am a spirit. We're golden. Now, last week we discussed going to see Asteroid City. We've not done that yet. We will be doing that today. Today. So await our report. And big news, weekend at Effies.com. The Patreon's getting a little restructuring. We're going to add some new exciting elements. And this will be the last week, just due to a lot of factors, uh, that we will be releasing on Friday. From here on forward, we will be releasing the new episode of the podcast on Monday. This does give you a little bit of extra time uh, to get the early release if you're on the Patreon, but really, it just gives us a little extra time because sometimes sometimes I just need to sleep, Peter, and sometimes you need to sleep, Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, I woke up today, and I was like, it's Wednesday, and I don't leave until Saturday? This is a miracle. Uh I have two days off back to back, which is awesome. A real weekend. A real weekend. We're going to, and uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Not to advertise here. Shout out, Movie John. 
shout out their new uh, summer issue, By the Sea, which they're taking my heating, which is don't go in the sea, stay by the sea. Stay by the sea. The great white sharks are out there, the orcas are out there, and humans keep spitting in the face of Poseidon, and they should expect nothing less than death and destruction if they enter the ocean. You can look at it. You can stand by the ocean. You can sit in a wave pool. They always got wave pools near the ocean. You know, they have chlorine in them. They're, they're safe. You can see the bottom. Get out of the fucking ocean. It's not your house, okay? If I was a dolphin and you came in my house unannounced, I would hang kill you, truly. I would have some questions first. Yeah? yeah. For the dolphins are or you, for the people? Are you sure shoot first, ask questions later when it comes to dolphins? Am I the dolphin? No. With dolphin intruders. Uh, no, I'm never, I, the, if the dolphins come to kill, they can have me. I'm not fighting back. I'm not fighting the dolphins back. There's a reason they've come after me. If they want to talk, cool. Like, obviously they'll see that we're not intruders of their area. But if you think they can't walk upright on those fins, you're a fool. Because they can, and they're choosing not to. All right? They're I saw mammals. Flipper. You saw Flipper? Yeah. Flipper is, I'm not going to say by nature evil, but... Flipper could have killed everyone in that film, okay? Free Willy? Did you see the sequel to Flipper? Flubber? <laughs> was that where the, the dolphin's brain was actually the flubber and it yeah. escaped? Yes. Whoa, we've got a lot of problems here. Oh, I created Flubber. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I don't know. We probably shouldn't Your do Your Robin it. Williams is very similar to Johnny Bravo. <laughs> okay, well, that's all the all masculine voices channeled through Johnny Bravo, a.k.a. Elvis. All the boys are telling me to grow my hair out. All right, let me go back. The Chicago won the contest, which was four, four in a row. What I was about to say, I'm all over the place today, Peter. I love it. You got the AMC pass, the Stubbs reward yes. pass, and now we're on each other's A-list which means you can get my tickets for me because I'm very nonchalant about where I sit. That's so cute. I realized I have two more movies I could potentially go see this week. Yeah, and it's not going to charge you anything. That's crazy. IMAX doesn't charge you. Dolby 3D Atmos doesn't charge you. Uh, regular digital screening doesn't charge you. They started calling it the laser digital, which just seems like whatever. I don't know. I will say we went to one of the theaters, though, and AJ warned me. He said this is not a good theater. And we got there and I made them, we talked about this, going to see The Flash instead. So you have to be careful. Was that the one that we're going to later today? No, that okay. is not. That one's beautiful. Why does he not like that one? Okay, so a while back at a Spider-Man premiere. <laughs> he should start a blog of movie theaters not to movie go to. Movie theaters not to go to. A while back at a Spider-Man premiere, you know there's assigned seating at the theaters. Thank fucking God. Thank right? God. Yeah, I'm what? glad y'all figured that shit out because we had Please. that in Kenya a gazillion years before you did. Way smarter than just mm. showing up whenever you want and sitting next to someone. Like, no chance. But you could also get arrested for not standing for the national anthem. So y'all have that one on us. I want to learn the King of National Anthem. I sang the whole Canadian National Anthem yesterday live on the stream. And I didn't. I wasn't even thinking it was July 4th. I was just like... Look, they were still doing news blurbs before movies when that's, I was a kid. This is the 1940s, Peter. That's <laughs> World know. War II shit. <laughs> We've got a reel of the news across the world. Um, <laughs> and like it's Kenya, so you know there's not like a whole lot going on. Like we're not like a world player as far as like you know. There's uh, stuff happening. There's a lot of agriculture and that kind of thing was what was being reported on. I love that. 
All right. Well, that's, you know, agriculture seems important. It does. It's, it does. It's, we, either way, we've got to sign seating. So he won't go. So what happened at one of the theaters here, Phipps Plaza, uh, someone shot someone else because they were in their seat at Spider-Man. And since that moment, he has decided any, any actual, any actual movie theater within the perimeter of 285, which is the inner circle of Atlanta, he is not going to risk the chance that someone could have a gun and shoot him there. Although the theater he makes me go to in Vinings or in Kennesaw, did you know in Kennesaw, if you buy a house, you have to legally own a gun? Yep. So I feel like we're asking for it more out there, but I'm not going to bring that up. The theater we're going to today is... So you're going to the theater and going, I hope there's not a bunch of homeowners in here with me. Yeah, hope you guys can't afford to own a home, you know? Uh, But I guess there's just something in his mind that he says this is safer. He will not go to the theater we're going to today. There are many theaters he will not go to. And so sometimes when I go to the theater on my own, not only is it the movie I'm seeing that kind of keeps AJ from wanting to go with me, it's also I will choose a theater where I'm like, you could come. I've never been injured. I've never been shot at. But he's not going to do it. He's not coming to that theater. We're going to a beautiful theater today. I don't want to dox us. But it's right by that new Publix. Uh, speaking of, it's near the Eastern. You know the Eastern, the mm-hmm. music venue? I need to send an email back. Someone asked me to wrestle to open for their show at the Eastern which is bizarre, but I do need to email them back and say I'm very interested. You need to email them back. I saw Father John Misty there, and I was like, never did I think a dairy warehouse would be the coolest thing you have ever been inside. And it's cold down there. Oh, I love it. We're going to that theater today. I guess I did just stock says if it's it's (laughs) a theater by the Eastern, whatever it may be. But I hope this saves us money and takes the guesswork out of going. Now, obviously, I'm still going to pay to go to the Plaza. I think it's beautiful. I'm still going to pay to go to Midtown Art Cinema. They show more things than AMC. Mm -hmm. But for the base movies, like we're doing coming up, our triple feature, people think we're crazy. Some people are like, I'm going to see Oppenheimer one day and Barbie the next. Not us. No, we're opening day. Opening day. Oppenheimer. 70 millimeter. Driving out of town because it's the only place showing it yeah, in okay. IMAX now seventy we millimeter. Really are doxing ourselves. Well, I don't care. Good luck getting tickets to that show. Yeah, good luck getting tickets. You can sit in front of the, of the screen. <laughs> you can get blinded. We're gonna see Oppenheimer, Barbie, and Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One all in a single day. So it's a it's a morning showing for Oppenheimer. Correct. It's mid afternoon for Barbie. No, closer to evening for Barbie. Like what are we right going, like 4.30? Yeah, something in there. And then a 9 o'clock for Mission Impossible. And we actually discussed this in detail. Guess which one wasn't sold out? Mission Impossible? <laughs> yeah, there were Well, no- it's been out for three weeks at that point it's or true. something. You know what I mean? So it's like, we're actually making the right decision. Yeah. We can end there. But I think you open with the history of the world falling apart. You then become humans as toys, which is caused by Oppenheimer. And then the toys learn to do stunts, like in Toy Story 4 with Keanu Reeves' character. What was his name? Do you remember that? I never saw that one. Okay. Well, I had to yell at someone the other day. Shout out my friend Brad, who I went to see The Cure with, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I'm not in in a rush today. We're talking about a lot of things. A lot of people are against Toy Story 4. I stopped it, too. Okay, well, you're really wrong then, number one. Number one, the first movie is a large representation about 
two father a father and a stepfather learning to coexist and that they're not both the worst in the world and that the kid can have space for both in their life and love them both a lot and that sometimes the new shiny toy is fun for a minute but it doesn't mean that you've been dismissed okay woody is obviously the real father the stepfather is buzz lightyear toy story 2 okay tim allen does have stepdad vibes well tim allen's a cunt so I'm not going to, I'm not, you guys know, that's the truth. Tim Allen can go fuck himself, all right? But that doesn't mean I don't like his work as Buzz Lightyear. I wish he was still a fun cocaine man. Well, he wasn't even a fun cocaine man. He sold everybody else out. He took the plea deal to fuck on all of his suppliers so that he could get away and become a Hollywood starlet, all right? Home improvement? More like I'll burn your home down, you fucking loser. And now he's a right-wing dipshit who does the whole, like, what are pronouns? Like, go fuck yourself, Tim Allen, you piece of shit. Toy Story 2, I don't really remember the whole plot. Toy Story 3 is, uh, what do you do when the toys aren't necessary and are replaceable anymore? But Toy Story 4, this is the biggest one, which is, how do you define yourself without the thing that's been with you your whole life? You have Woody having to go out on his own. He's not owned by anyone anymore. He's not anybody's toy. He's not dealing with intruders. He has to find his own path that isn't defined by his work and by what he has had in his life so far. If anything, it's the most poignant Toy Story of all time. Damn. And Lil Bo Peep becomes the most badass character in all of Toy Story history and is pretty much in charge of a biker gang. I just, I can't recommend it enough. Brad said he wouldn't watch it. Toy Story 3 was enough. What an end to the story. Fuck off, okay? That's like saying grandma's dead because she retired, all right? Grandma's allowed to have her own life. Does it need to involve my tax money? No, but she can go and, and journey and venture and knit and see the Grand Canyon in her hover round. All of that is beautiful, and I think we need to see this as Americans, that we don't have to define our American dream at an end point like Woody would have if he had not been sent to a better place. Okay, so we were talking about Chicago, but I'm going to just fucking go the other way right now. Last week, my friend Brad is in town. He, uh, Flocko Wannabe on Instagram, he's taking a lot of really good pictures of me in LA, in Las Vegas, but he's very young. He's not a child, but he's, he's, he's very young. I realize I'm closer in age to his mother than I am to him. Uh, and that's what a wonderful world I get to live in, where I get to learn from the youth and adults at the same time. You get to see all perspectives but he said to me, I'm going to go see The Cure. And I mentioned it last week. So I went to see The Cure. I had tickets for $30. There is no reason The Cure should have played for three hours, dude. And they had the best set list of all time, which was 16 songs you kind of don't really care about. Then they did an encore of eight songs you fucking like a lot. And then they did an encore of eight songs you can't fucking live without. And you kept going, God damn, The Cure. I love that. So good. And I got to say, I felt like an old man. I saw this tweet the other day that was like, if you're at hardcore shows and you're not in the pit and you're just in the back taking Instagram videos, like you're not really in it, which is fucking wrong. Because I sat down at this concert and I clapped along and I felt like a really old person and it was awesome. Yeah, that all that means is you're in your 30s. <laughs> yeah, it, dude, being in my 30s, the best, okay? Cheap seats, unlimited Diet Coke for $6 at the State Farm Arena, and I rode the train right back home. I got off the train here at midnight. I got back on the train at 5 a.m. to go to Chicago. It was a little exhausting. So Chicago, though, four times in a month. Three times in a month was Denver. Whoa, you little shit. Bebop. Bop. 
What a little fucking teenage boy. I know. I don't ever want to have children. We're dealing with some testosterone in this house currently. We are dealing with some testosterone in this house currently. Mostly from Bebop. (laughs) Mostly from Bebop. Some from me. (laughs) Bebop, you need to be a good boy. They've been taking more photos together. And he's learning to pose like a little gentleman. I am so proud of your patience teaching him how to pose. Can you bring up the dog statue the other day? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm definitely going to post this. Um, but we were walking along. This is after the... So we had a little incident with a bike. Bebop doesn't like bicyclists. And he bullied <laughs> a bicyclist off their bike. Um, and Lucy aided him in this. Um, so he's a very tough man. He's one of the toughest men. <laughs> He's clearly a little boy. And uh, we're walking along, and all of a sudden, Bebop is... Because he's usually leading and dragging Lucy behind a little bit on their dual leash. It's not Muggsy Bogues. Who is the little gangster who's always in charge of everything? Like He's like kind of the front and center gangster yeah. with the muscle. Yeah, he's a little Joe Pesci. He's a little Joe Pesci. That's exactly what he is. Yes, Bebop Joe Pesci. Bebobbered, as we call him. <laughs> so he he sees something that he is uh, not really stoked about and starts getting a little nervous and like won't keep going. And I look over and there's this goofy fucking statue of a um, German shepherd with its tongue hanging out and not very realistic, but he was terrified. Yeah, he basically thing. was like looking at you, looking at that statue. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we going to do, man? And like we get by it and he, you know, looks over his shoulder. Like, is it still there? Are we safe? Is it okay? But it was enough to where he was not in defensive mode. He was in full on. Like, I don't think this is going to be good for no. anybody. Are you okay? Walking <laughs> past this thing. Goodness gracious. I like that. He's on alert, but I will say he sleeps at the foot of the bed. And if anything goes by the window, anything he's popped right up and just starts going he's he is the voice of a man he does but he also will do his little whiny baby voice too so i know he's still a teen boy we're waiting for you i looked i told you this last night i i looked up the lifespan of a rat terrier holy shit dude i'm <laughs> this is why i immediately got him in training they said they they live 20 to 25 years and he's a mix between that and a cattle dog I think this dude's just going to live forever. I'm going to be a 50-year-old man, and Bebop's still going to be by my side. I've been experimenting with letting him out in the yard without a leash. Very dangerous. But he doesn't leave my side. He he listens very well. We're going to try it up at the field soon and do some fetch work. But we are going to have... I know he's going to fuck up, and that's okay. We'll deal with it. Hopefully your child survives the bite, but your child is probably asking for it. Okay? Don't go around the dog. It's a wild animal. <laughs> All right, that's it for news. Weekend at Effies.com. Please support the Patreon. We got video vlogs coming out. We got new questions to be answered. We have our wonderful mini-sodes, which include our Movie John mini-sodes. At Movie John, check out their Patreon as well. Uh, recently, we watched The Tourist Trap. We will have a new vote up soon, I think. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not changing. Mm-hmm. That's going to be sick. Uh, and some more options as well. So thank you for supporting the Patreon if you do. It keeps you from having real advertisements on this show. For the most part, we are going to record a new ad with Spotify for Podcasters coming up shortly. But now we re-enter Chicago for the fourth time. Usually I like to check out, you know, oh, we landed. What's around here? Me and Allie landed together, picked up the car. Now Allie 
she had been stuck in Toronto since since I left Chicago. And I don't want to say I was right. I don't want to brag in anybody's face. But I went from Chicago to Alabama and home. And Allie went from Chicago to Toronto and did not get home until 2 a.m. before her flight at 6 a.m. to go to Chicago again. So we landed and I said, baby, let's go get some breakfast. And what do we do? We went back to the original pancake house again, where we had been less than a week before. Damn. We looked like regulars at this point. They were like, oh, same table. Y'all want to go to the same table? They don't talk Southern like that there, but I'm just like in my mind. We also, I got to show you this, Peter. They have a quarter machine there with toys. And so the first time we went, I had quarters. I don't like coins. I don't believe in coins. And I got this little treat, and the second time we went, I got another little treat. And this is a raccoon. It's a baby raccoon. Look at that baby raccoon. Oh, my goodness. So we, we've just kept getting these little silly toys that we, that we have. We ate again. It was delicious. Allie did the effie, which was they brought her plate on. She was like, this is not enough food. I was like, you've been trapped in Canada all week. We need to feed you. So I got her another plate of food, and we made sure she was uh, handled. Now, I've noticed in my non-weed smoking, I'm much more motivated on the road, right? When I'm with Allie, I'm especially motivated because she always wants to go to the gym. So once again, back in Chicago, went to the gym, pumped it out, and then sat in the sauna. And it was awesome because this sauna was 180 degrees, Peter. They had a warning on the outside that was like, this sauna's not a fucking baby sauna. Not your dad's sauna. This is the sauna that will kill you. And I was like, thank God. I saunaed, I showered, and then we checked into the hotel and took a nap. What? What? What is this responsibility? That night, we were wrestling in an arcade, Emporium. I've wrestled in the Emporium in Chicago and in San Francisco. Wrestling in arcades is awesome. And it continues on my list of wrestling in places where wrestling typically wouldn't be found. I think I'd be bored if every night... Now, this sounds like a real... You know, everybody's going to be like, shut the fuck up. If I was in the same sort of arena building every night, these sort of like sanitized arena buildings, I think I would lose a little bit of interest in the artistic component of things just because everything is so standard. But when I go from wrestling in venues and theaters and... Uh, ancient VFW halls and then wrestling in arcades and then in a backyard in Brooklyn, it keeps things very interesting and it keeps me excited to wrestle for the room that I'm in. And when you're wrestling in an arcade, typically you can have some fun. You can have like some pretty relaxed fun. Allie was not ready for relaxed fun. She goes, no, we're wrestling tonight. I've been stuck in Toronto all week. And I said, bang bros, you better just listen to her. And we went and had a bang bro banger out there this match slapped it was so fucking hot it was so fucking hot in the emporium i was feeling my chicago oats someone came out to the merch table after and i said this is my 16th match this month and they said oh were they all in chicago <laughs> and you know what at that point i said yep <laughs> yep they sure were they were all in chicago all of my <laughs> matches were in chicago i just didn't feel like explaining myself any further you know what i mean uh, bang bros rule. We had a wonderful time. I did like to see Davey bang put me in a submission at one point and he said, your ass was just out. So I started slapping it and I said, that's called working son. <laughs> he said, you weren't mad. I said, I will never be mad at you slapping my ass, especially if it's in a wrestling ring. Now me, I would ask permission. Obviously I don't want these children to think I'm abusing my power. All right, but if 22-year-old 20, Davey Bang wants to slap my ass in a body uh, octopus stretch, 
yeah, he can go ahead and slap all that ass. The match fucked. It was awesome. And Allie, of course, said, let's go. We're being responsible. So we left. We ate Taco Bell. And we went to fucking sleep. What? Damn. What? I was feeling extremely responsible. Now, originally, I was working out a show because in my mind, I'm a workaholic. I got to do I got to do shows. I got to do them all the time. And I said, I got a space in between the Thursday and the Saturday where I'm wrestling in Brooklyn. I better find a show. I didn't find a show. And at a certain point, I went, I don't fucking need a show. I'm taking a day off. You should have found your brother. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that in a minute because this is actually fucking hilarious. People are like, are you okay? I was like, we're good. We're great. So I wake up. We go to breakfast. And I got to put this place over. It's called The Honey Biscuit. And you'll see it in the vlog if you're on the Patreon. I had one of the best meals I've ever had in my whole life. And we found this place by chance. We went to the first place that I pulled up on the map. And she was like, we're not eating here. And I was like, ah, come on, Allie. It's like an old-timey grill. And she's like, it was right after they'd done the Supreme Court thing. And she goes, they might not even know about the Supreme Court thing, but it doesn't look like they want gays here. (laughs) It was that kind of place. We're like, I know the breakfast would have been good. But I get it. So we end up at the Honey Biscuit. Or maybe it's the Sweet Biscuit. I don't know. It's probably called the Honey Biscuit. This place is right by the Edward Bussey building. And so as we're driving in, I'm like, Allie, there's a tower that says Bussey with an E instead of a Y. She's like, let's find it. So we eat this delicious meal. We look for the tower. The tower had disappeared at that point. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. I think it was a mirage, a Bussey Tower mirage. They rearranged it. I think they were destroying the building and they destroyed it while we were eating oh, breakfast because I looked up online and they said Edward Bussey building to be demolished. So I'm wondering if we like saw it and it got demolished. I don't know. Bussey Tower. Let me know if you've seen it in the Chicagoland area. I also want to bring up the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Have you seen this? So we were driving around Illinois looking for the right LA fitness and I ended up passing this building twice in my times. There's a Leaning Tower of Pisa that used to be a YMCA that I guess is now closed. It's very large. It's not like, oh, it's a miniature Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's a very large Leaning Tower of Pisa, and it's by a Target and an LA Fitness. And we kept seeing it going, what the fuck is happening? Also, there's smoke in the sky because the Chicago air quality is just like in the fucking gutter right now. God. Allie brought Canada with her. I ended up passing that Leaning Tower again, and I was like, what is happening? How do I keep ending up at this place in Chicago that I've never seen before, and now I'm there twice? Very odd. I drop off Allie at the airport because she's got to go to Iowa or somewhere fucking terrible. They asked me to come wrestle in Iowa, and I said, I'm actually going to charge you double to go to Iowa. I've wrestled in Iowa before, and it was great. I did a seminar you know, at Seth Rollins School. I did all this stuff, but I don't. it's questionable uh, that, that I would enjoy myself. Tell me if I'm wrong, people. Tell me if I'm wrong, and I'll come. I'll do it, but... The negotiations look different when I come to Iowa. Let me just say that. Iowa is one of those states where I literally can't picture what it looks like. You want me to tell you? Yeah. Corn. Everywhere. Only corn. Occasionally a Casey's gas station. And more corn. It's somewhere in the middle there, right? It's in the middle. It's like left of Illinois and like under the Dakotas sort of. And under Minnesota, Wisconsin-y area. It's like a weird, it looks like if you sat on a stool and it was starting to bust at the seams. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, there's a weird yeah. roundness to the side of it. It's oddly way closer to Illinois than you'd think, but it is not Chicago by any means. No offense to Iowa, folks, but I'm just, I'm letting public, I'm letting the public know if they want me in Iowa, they have to be willing to negotiate because I've got other places to be. Uh, after I dropped her off, I was like, all right, I went to the gym again. This is my day off now, right? I had a big breakfast, went to the gym, sat in the sauna again. And then I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use my AMC pass and I'm going to go see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. There's been a lot of talk about this film, Peter. Let me just say this. It fucking ruled. Okay. Me and about 35 elderly people (laughs) were in this theater and I'm not going to spoil any of this movie for you, but I think there's always the fascination with Indiana Jones that there's true archaeology and deductive reasoning and historical reference and then something completely off the fucking grid that also happens within the context. This one has that too. I thought the CGI looked fantastic on Harrison Ford's face. Yes, you could tell you were talking to an 80-year-old man when he was you know, looking like a 30-something-year-old in the picture. But it had all my favorite Indiana Jones moments, including this one. Indiana Jones gets in a pickle. Indiana Jones says something kind of shady and exhausted and exasperated. And then they figure it out. Every time it gets me, dude. That's cinema to me. That is cinema. John Williams score. Spielberg's back on the helm, I think. Right? No? Is this just somebody else? In my mind, it was Spielberg. In me and this guy, Otis's mind, who was there, and he's 92, he said, Spielberg's done it again. I said, you're damn right. You're damn right. I think he's very specifically not involved in this one. Bum ba dum bum bum ba dum <laughs> Whatever. It was awesome. Phoebe Waller-Bridges, awesome. I highly suggest it. There was one scene at the end, though, I'm going to spoil it, where someone asked Indiana Jones... If his injury hurts and he says, I'm old, everything hurts. They went nuts in the theater for that one. I had red vines. I had a big soda. I fucking, I lived like it was 1981 and it was awesome. It felt like Reagan was still the president. I still had all my rights and I had to, uh, I had to cruise the parks at night to find other gay men like me. It was just like going back in time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just cracked Peter completely. <laughs> now, uh, James Mangold, that's who directed it. <laughs> I was reading your reviews from it. My favorite one was Indiana Jones and the fine movie. It was fine. <laughs> it was very much a summer movie you go see in the summer that you don't like. I don't have to buy it on Blu-ray. I don't have to sit through it again and check for all the details. I know this. He beat up Nazis. It had uh, Toby Jones in it, who's one of my favorite character actors. And it had Phoebe Waller-Bridges, and she was fucking phenomenal. I like the S that you're adding to the end of her name. Is it Phoebe Waller-Bridge? No, come on. You're kidding me. Bridger? Bridge. No, there's no way. It's Phoebe Waller-Bridger or Bridges. It has to be. You might be right about... I saw Flea Sack. I know about all the, I know about all the stuff she's done. <laughs> you saw what? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you fucking dare bebop. <laughs> Give me a kiss. Uh, yeah, no, I'm right. It's Phoebe Walt 
Waller Bridge. Phoebe Waller Bridge? Phoebe Waller Bridge. Babe, that's a dumb fucking name. I'm changing it for you. It's now Phoebe Waller Bridgers. Okay? Maybe that's dumb too. I don't know. Whatever. It was awesome. <laughs> we love Indiana. I'll go see it again right now, dude. I'll go see it right now. Two and a half hours? It's fucking awesome. And and you know what you really need to see it for, right? Mads Mikkelsen as a Nazi who doesn't believe the war is actually over. He has a really intense scene with like the guy bringing his food in where he's like, do you believe you've won the war? And he's like, yep. And they're like, he's like, I don't think you did. And he's like, yep, we did. (laughs) So I don't know. It was intense. It was cool. And a lot of people would be like, aren't you, were you lonely going to the gym alone? Dropping off your sister, not having your friend there with you, going to see Indiana Jones by yourself with all these elderly people, and then after the movie, going to Portillo's uh, to eat two Chicago-style hot dogs and a large Diet Coke by yourself? No, not at all, okay? If there's anything I haven't had this month, it's loneliness, all right? Loneliness is not necessarily a bad thing, right? There's probably a better word for it of like alone time or whatever it is. To be alone in these moments, in my sick uh, national executive elite Dodge Charger and just eat hot dogs. It was awesome. Now, there was another wrestling show going on at this time that they kept saying, come hang out. All your friends are there. Warhorse was there. Gringo Loco was there. You know, Storm Grayson, the Bang Bros, Coda Hernandez, Trevor Outlaw. They were all booked on this show. Let me be perfectly clear. I don't care if I am next to the show. I don't care if I am in someone's car much like a vampire, if I was not invited to be there, and I do mean that financially, there is not a wrestling show I will go to. That includes WrestleMania. That includes All Out. That includes any wrestling show. I'm not going to it unless I'm supposed to be there, okay? I'm probably one of the few people that when my time is done, I'm not going to be hanging around indie shows trying to give advice to the new generation. Use me while you have me, but I am not someone who is just going to show up at a wrestling show for the fun of it. It's not fun to me. It's work. It becomes work. When it's work and it's paid, it's very fun. But when it's not paid and it's not work, it becomes work. I'm not allowing it. What I'm getting at is they all left that show eventually. So I went back to Trevor Outlaw's house and we had a party. We all hung out. Everybody came from the show. We ate Crystal. I drank Sprite all night. And then I uh, made the decision, which was not a wise decision, but from where Trevor's house is, I have to leave at 3.30 a.m. to get to the airport. The Silicon Valley Sex Dungeon, of course. I was going to have to leave at 3.30. That's in Chicago? It is in the Chicagoland area, but it's close enough. Unrelated. May I be potentially seeing that in the future? Yes, I believe so. I did get some news this week. More on that later, I guess. Regarding some upcoming announcements, uh, not just including a potential gay brunch. I don't know why it's making me... like. People keep messaging me two, four, ten times a day. Will there be a gay brunch in Chicago? Shut the fuck up, okay? Give me ten goddamn minutes to get my shit together. You think you're so important that I'm going to tell you the one person who's DMing me to get the secrets? Wait for the fucking announcement, you loser. It's coming, all right? I'm very busy. Someone also, this is like, I need to I need to work with my anger because someone asked me on stream, why don't you start an LGBTQ wrestling promotion? And I said, shut the fuck up. 
not only am I running international gay brunches, not only am I about to run the seventh gay brunch in the United States, and then the eighth in January, possibly, in an illegal state because I'm a punk rock fucking pioneer, I'm also working 150 goddamn shows a year. Could anyone else do that? Would anyone else like to step up and do anything and run the fucking promotion? What a wonder that would be. What a beauty that would be. Thank you so much, Effie. You've done enough. Not what's next. Not what else can you do. Not here's more work on your plate. Shut the fuck up. If I wasn't over, if I wasn't in demand, if I wasn't wrestling all the goddamn time, I would. I would have plenty of time to do that. But I have done enough. The rest of y'all need to step up and put your pussy into it and do some goddamn work on your own. You want an LGBTQ wrestling promotion? Great. Start it and book me. I will charge you fairly. How's that sound? I shouldn't be that fired up about it, but it's honestly like at a certain point you're like, Oh, you think I haven't thought of that? You think that's a new idea you just came to me with? No, it's fucking not. Of course I would if I wasn't an in-demand superstar all over the place who's still going out of his way to book new LGBTQ talent and provide. You know how much extra work a big gay brunch is for me? It's so much extra work. And thank God I raided Pollo Del Mar last night and she was like, do y'all realize how much work he has to put into this motherfucker? Like... I don't think you do. I think you just think he shows up and his name's on it and it's out there. No. Girl, I got to break hearts. I got to give opportunities. I got to book correctly. I got to sell tickets. I got to financially figure everything out. It is not easy. This is not an easy thing. You're about to get sent to the fucking gulag, B-Lop. (laughs) B-Lop. I'm not pissed off at anything. I'm just like, I wish people had perspective, but then again, they would be me if they had the perspective. They're not me. I get it. Yes, I'm going to probably run an LGBTQ promotion. That's what I should say. Wow, great idea. Awesome. What a fucking idea. Wow. Never thought of that. That's incredible. No. Instead, I get all pointy about it because I go, does anybody notice how I'm doing more than everyone and that they could do anything and it would be beneficial? Shout out Billy Dixon for at least running Cassandra Cups and Pro Wrestling Vibes. What a what a fucking mensch. What a beautiful creature. You'll probably see him at the Chicago Big Gay Brunch if there's one announced. Which there will be. But back to what we were saying, I am going to be bringing Peter to Chicago somehow. I can't tell you how yet, but you can start to figure it out on your own how much fun it would be to see the two of us on a stage with random guests who Peter has no idea who they are. I want to I want to get the most important wrestling people on stage with us and have Peter have to guess who they are. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I need from a live experience. Peter, do you know who this is? They charge $50 for a meet and greet. And you go, nope. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Did you, were you a wrestler? <laughs> I, I stayed up all night on my day off to make my flight because I had to drop off my rental car. I had to get to the United desk. I had to drop off my luggage and I had to get to Brooklyn, New York. Now, historically, I've done a few of these Brooklyn shows. The Great American Trash, which is the punk rock wrestling answer to a 4th of July celebration. Not only was there wrestling going on at these shows, there were flash tattoos that you could get. There were go-go dancers. Not tattoos of the flash, though. No, 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 no. Of barbed wire and skulls and broken light tubes. It was very cool. Uh, No ring, a lot of sludge metal bands, and a lot of weird matches, including my favorite of the day, Killian McMurphy taking on... Hot Dog Starks, who was battling a giant hot dog on this 4th of July celebration. All right, where was I? Landing in Brooklyn? Mm -hmm. Well, I landed technically in Newark, but 
Luckily enough, one of my good friends and one of the promoters of this show, Nick Carp, said, come to my house and nap, which is phenomenal. Now, this is no shade to anyone, okay? In the South, it's very hot in the summer, right? And there's a lot of humidity, and you sweat a lot. And because of that, we've figured out something called air conditioning, okay? Now, when I go to Los Angeles, they haven't figured it out yet. When I go to London, they haven't figured it out yet. And New York, y'all are still fucking up with this. Let me be clear. The earth is heating at a rapid pace. Summer will never be less hot. It will always be more hot. Y'all got to get on this shit and get some AC running. I took a nap in the heat. I took a car ride in the heat. And I was at the show in the heat. Let me tell you what's more exhausting than not sleeping. Just being hot all the time. Was I in the greatest mood of moods? Probably not. Was I so exhausted from my monthly schedule? I kept reminding myself, like, you had a day off and did this. You know, you slept great the night before and the night before that. But I think at a certain point, everything just starts to catch up with you. And I did over 30,000 miles in the month of June, plus the 17 matches. I was coming upon my last match here. I wanted it to be a sick match. This is a 4th of July, big ball bust in celebration. And I was working with someone who I wanted to give some good footage to, as they say in our community, Dom De Niro. Now, luckily, these matches have a little bit more carte blanche in what we can do and accomplish. And at the Great American Bash... Carte blanche. Carte blanche. The weekend fucking sucks. And I don't mean that. I don't mean his music. I do think it's funny that when guys get really into cocaine and they get emotional and want to make music, that they just just start singing like this. And it's just the whiniest, weirdest bullshit. Maybe now we can all take a look at the weekend and go like, maybe you're not a good person and you're toxic and these songs that we're all obsessed with are really pointing at just like the most ruined version of cocaine masculinity possible and we leave them in the dust. See, okay. Let's talk about the weekend. Let's talk about the weekend. I'm a day one weekend fan. I was trying to convince all my friends when those mixtapes were coming out that this guy is going to be the next big thing. And everyone was like, you're out of your fucking mind if you think that's true. You were correct. I was correct. Now, what's interesting is his whole last record he made during the pandemic while doing too much mushrooms. and With Jim Carrey. With Jim Carrey. And... When you look at the lyrical content on that album, he is turning the lens back on himself and questioning decisions that he has made and how he has treated people. And it is a, you can tell he's been doing a lot of introspection and deep thinking. The idol just shoots all of that down completely where I go, okay, well, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, it's an introspective gimmick. You weren't actually thinking about anything. It's, I don't think it's wrong to ask our music superstars, uh, to be wild versions that we can't be like, I think that's cool, but I also think it's okay to admit when somebody is just kind of a trash person. Yeah. And I think he's proven he's probably a trash person. Is he still going to have number one hits? Probably, you know, America loves that shit, whatever. I don't care. But at a certain point, I just, I have no interest in supporting whatever this is further. And I'll wait until he's six years removed from this moment and actually having an introspective moment because he's on court ordered rehab. Okay. I'll wait for that. Thank you. Any women that want to come forward, I'm sure he hasn't treated you with respect. I have a feeling. Am I assuming? You're probably, I mean, look. I listen to the songs. They'd love to tell on themselves. Well, tell on yourself, because my God. 
All right, I'm not going to stick on that. Dom De Niro match. Now, for people that have been watching Effie all year, I haven't had the craziest year of my life. I've done some crazy things. I do have barbed wire scars in my back. I have gone through some tables. I haven't done much glass. And I didn't hear, but I did end up covered in, uh, as it was described, prison bitch Kool-Aid, which apparently you like, it's like a form of makeup. You can rub the... Did you see the girl teaching girls how to make prison makeup? No. Incredible. She used Pepsi, flour, and something else. And it was like beautiful coverage foundation. Damn. This is more like, you're going to have red lips, son. Uh, and so he put that on my mouth. And then I did, I took a lot of bumps in this match. I broke trash cans. I broke tables. I broke chairs. Uh, I also had a lit cigarette put out on my tongue. Bebop, come here. Now this is... Something I've done a lot in my life, okay? I've had a lot of lit cigarettes put out on me. This isn't a surprise to many people who have watched me for a while, and it will probably happen many times again. Here's the, here's the trick to getting cigarettes put out on yourself, and especially on your mouth. There's no trick. <laughs> I have a ridiculous pain tolerance. I can handle having cigarettes put out on my tongue and chest and back, and I love the reaction that shit gets. So did I let him put a cigarette out on my tongue? Yes. Did I feel it? A hundred percent. Did you ask me about it when I got home? You said, hey, did you, uh, did you have a cigarette put out on your you mouth? You seemed very normal and fine to where I was like, was that a different weekend? Same nope. haircut, but... That was the same weekend. Damn. Now, I need you to understand something about my family. We're not the best communicators. My dad texted me yesterday. I need to text him back. Uh, one time I called my dad and he said, you don't have to call me so much, <laughs> which is just like the funniest response. My mom needs a little more comforting, but she's over in Spain right now, backpacking, staying at a house from the 1300s. Holy she's an adventurer. Shit. Uh, so she survives on her own as well. Me and my brother are fine. Okay. We're good. We, there's no bad blood. We live very different lives. He's an accountant in Florida with a boat share and a house with an HOA. Okay. He has a wife. They have a lovely home. Uh, he's also the one who asked me at one of the shows we were at, how do they get all the red on them? I said, well, they just cut themselves with glass. And he almost threw up and left. I did not realize until I got home that we were both in Brooklyn at the same time. We had not communicated. We had not had any discussion. He had not told me, oh, we're going to go vacation in Brooklyn. Are you around? I had not said, I'm going to be in Brooklyn. Are you going to be around? We were both just in Brooklyn at the same time with no knowledge of the other being in Brooklyn. And I think that's fucking hilarious. He is fine with my life. I'm fine with his life. But we clearly live very different lives on very different paths that somehow both were in Brooklyn, but... Not at all in the same places in Brooklyn, if you know what I mean. Do I think he would have come out to this match? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do I think that would have been enjoyable for him and his wife? No. I think that they were having their own little adventure and seeing their own little Brooklyn things. And I didn't notice until he posted a picture of him and her on the Brooklyn Bridge Sunday. I said, were we both in Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, we were both in Brooklyn. Shout out my brother, Connor. He's a very cool guy. Uh, in a different way than me. And as you can imagine, we have a lot of short stories we get to share with each other. Uh, and not, not any of them are crossing paths at the most part. I've always been a bit of a black sheep, not just in my family, but in the extended family. But I would like to point out now that I'm the world traveled touring uh, superstar in demand to some people in the family 
who thought that others would be on that path. Continue your praise and worship. I have no time for this. They praise and worship me. They don't like to hear that. I told my grandma one time, I hope she doesn't hear this. Uh, I said, you know, Jesus died on the cross and came back to life. But Nick Gage, they got it on camera when he died and came back to life. And he's still trying to die again. She did not enjoy that uh, little snippet here. I got home, Peter, and I saw you because I picked up a rental car for AJ. He was going to go hang out at the lake with some friends for the 4th of July. And I was invited to this. And I said, AJ, it is in both of our best respects that I just go collapse for a while. I've been around too many people. I'm not going to be pleasant around your friends. This is on me. It's on me. I've been around too many people. You have to just let me go this week. This is the first time I'm going to have six days off in a row, technically, this whole year before, I mean, in February, I took the specific three weeks off, whatever. It doesn't matter. Never doing that again. It was broke as fuck. Uh, and until the rest of the year, I do not believe I have another six day full period off until January hits again. Damn. Which is, it used to scare me more than it does now. Now I go, it's very fucking crazy, Effie, that you are as busy as you are in indie wrestling and have continued a career in indie wrestling as long as you have. This used to be a stepping stone. This used to be somewhere people spent as little time as possible in before they could go and get their contract or get on TV or stop having to think about their bookings or stop having to print their own merch. I will have new shirts this weekend that have never been printed for live shows before. They came in that big box. I paid a little extra to have them sent to me bagged and ordered. I saved myself the brain. What I figured out this month was this, and I'm going to kind of leave it with this. I have to protect my energy, and I have to do that in a lot of different ways. And I was a little rude about it when someone called me on Sunday when I was going into my coma where I slept until 3 a.m. and then let the dogs out and then went back to sleep until noon the next day. I put a lot of myself into the bookings, into the matches. I want them to be phenomenal. I want people to have a reason to come back to see me. But I've reached a stage in my career where although I am not on television, although I do not have a uh, three-letter name next to me when they announce me for the, the show of where I used to work or where you may recognize me from, besides Netflix, suck my dick, um, I am a draw. I am someone people seek out. And I have to reduce the suffering that I face when it comes to actually making it to the ring. And so are there going to be more demands going forward from Effie to make sure that I am as comfortable as possible getting to your show, getting from your show? Yes. Am I going to sound like a dick when I say I don't want to go to the after party because that's work and you're not paying me to be there and people are just going to ask me questions about being Effie all night, which is phenomenal and beautiful and what a blessing, but is also work. Yeah, I am going to sound like a dick. Am I going to hold myself to a particular standard of needing somewhere to go when I land and needing certain things? Yes, I am. And for that, the fans will get a better performance. They will get me in a better mood. But I cannot run myself into the ground over and over and over and over and expect to perform at this high level where, yes, I'm an independent wrestler. Okay, indie boy, outlaw, out here on the outskirts. But people are spending their hard-earned money because they want to come see me. They're spending their time, which is very valuable, because they want to come see me. If you want me at your show, there will be no suffering from Effie. If you cannot meet Effie's demands, which are very minimal, I'm not that much of a diva. I sound like it more on here than I probably am. Then there will be no Effie. And you can explain to the people why Effie is not there because you can't meet the most basic of demands. I can't run around and do the work for you anymore. The manager in me that ran a moving company from making 500000 to $2.5 over a seven-year period 
He wants to jump in free of charge and make your show better and do things and organize and handle things. He cannot do that anymore. I have to put a kibosh to it. And after this month, July is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be beautiful, full of memories and moments. It's going to be extremely busy. But everything I am doing this month is with ease, is with comfort, and is with making sure that the F you get in the ring is not exhausted by the F out of the ring getting to that ring. And I hope that people will respect and honor that. And I hope that I don't have to be a dick about it. But there will be an explanation, and hopefully not from me, when I'm not there and you were expecting me to be, if these needs are not met. It's not a crazy thing. And also, I'm looking around. Very, very few people in history, if any, have been at the level I'm at without any assistance of contracts or TV or any sort of other company giving me the rub. I have to lead my own revolution. I have to do my own path. And I have to start going, well, that's not usual for indie wrestling. It's usual for Effie. And you can't think of Effie as usual in any sense of the word. I'm in a very unusual position. And I'm happy to be in that position. But I'm going to start making it uh, the position that's the most comfortable for me. Because I'm honoring objectively that I'm very, very good at this job. That people love seeing me work. And that suffering for others when they want me there is not uh it's not a good thing for me to do. Yeah, Peter? How's yeah. that feel? I I just think of the the classic Van Halen story where people go, Oh, they're such divas. They had them remove all the green M and M's from the M M&M and M dish. You know the actual reason they were doing that? To make sure they were reading the fucking writer correctly. Yep. Because if you don't set the lighting rig upright or don't set the amps upright or don't set the stage upright Eddie Van Halen gets hit by a light and he dies well yeah. before he's supposed to. Yeah. These things are necessary. I used to read the Hootie and the Blowfish Rider. They have everything in that rider, and it's not that demanding. But it's to make sure when they show up that they get to just be Hootie and the Blowfish. Yep. Y'all sold tickets to see Hootie and the Blowfish. If they've got to set up their amps and make sure their lighting rig isn't going to fall on them and make sure they have water and a comfortable place to sit, they're not going to be the best Hootie and the Blowfish possible. No. And... I have to start making a little bit of uh, a demand and not just skimming by because I can. And it's like what they would do was if the M&Ms weren't separated, they would go, okay, no pyrotechnics tonight. We are not putting on the full show. So again, if your needs are met, you put on a better show. It's better for everyone. It's, you know, everything that everyone does affects everyone else. Like this is an ecosystem that has to run. Right. And just because something is in my power doesn't mean it's not a financial benefit to me if I do it. I think back to a story where White Mike, I may have told this before, uh, the promoter said, White Mike, we want to see you do the can opener move on the floor against this guy. And he goes, all right, well, it's a hundred more dollars or two of them vape cartridges. And the guy was like, what? And he's like, you have a specific demand of something that's going to require more labor than I would give you normally and is outside of a regular match. If you can't meet that demand, then I'm not doing that. If you want it so bad, just do it. I don't have to do it. It doesn't change my night if I do it or don't do it. And guess what? They paid up and gave him a weed cartridge and the money, and he did the move on the floor. It's those things where it's like, oh, Effie, you want to just get a little hardcore tonight? Well, guess what? The rest of my weekend is going to be a lot more painful if I'm getting hardcore without benefit to me. Can I survive it? Can I do it? Yes. Should it charge you more because you want it that bad and it's extra labor on my part? Yes. Even beyond just the setup and the pyro or things like this, it's little extras where there's this weird buddy-buddy system that's fine. I like being friendly with people who pay me, but 
the idea that something's wrong with you if you won't just go above and beyond when you just paid me for the standard, son, get it together. You got to pay Effie to do the full Effie if you want the full Effie. Otherwise, I got a strong 10 to 12 that they're going to love. The room will be over. Meet you at the merch table. What a time. You want me to bleed, bitch? You better pay the blood rate. Want to do questions? Let's do questions. Questions are coming exclusively from the Patreon. Weekend at Effies.com. If you have questions and you're asking them outside of the Patreon, I'm not going to answer them. There's plenty of places to ask me questions. These, specifically on air, are going to come from our patrons on weekendateffies.com. We love you. Thank you for supporting us. This first one is from Boris for Effie and Peter. They say you should never meet your heroes. If that's true, then who are you staying a safe distance from? Ooh, this is a good question. Uh, I have this bad habit of... I'm a, I, I don't believe that you should give anyone any credence if we're in the same locker rooms. So in the world of wrestling, like I just treat everyone like a human. Like I wasn't, I wasn't particularly mean or nice to Daniel Bryan. I just kind of like gave him the nod and was like, sup, like you're in my locker room uh, versus like, I saw you at WrestleMania 30 and I saw you do all of this and this was magic. I think I'm apprehending my own expectations in the way I approach a lot of things. And you know, from the more stories, from the stories I've heard from really everyone, I think sometimes just treating people like normal people and not fanning out on them, it maintains your power as well. I will say, I don't want to meet Elton John because <laughs> it goes one of two ways, which is, uh, I get a cock ring and I end up sucking him and his husband off and it's perfect. And I stay in their villa in the summer or I fuck up my whole entrance because <laughs> yeah. he'll be like, are you going to pay me for that? Because I know Tony Khan paid him a fuck ton for Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting on Collision, which, once again, aren't y'all tired of just taking ideas from me? God, it must be exhausting to not come up with anything on your own. But it is fun to know that my fountain is endless and your fountain is already taking from mine, you drought-ass bitch. Uh, I don't have one that I haven't met, but I do have one that I should not have met. Um, Fill me in. So there was, he's probably still active. His name's Frank Peretti. He wrote Christian horror novels. So like his whole thing was like spooky stuff, but Christian. All right. Well, can I do an example? Yes. Jesus was put on the cross and died and never rose again. (laughs) Is that the horror? No. He would do he would do shit like oh it's the first days of revelation oh. mystery kind of deal but he had a folk band that would tour churches and he came to the church that I was going to when I first moved to the states a real renaissance guy yeah, yeah 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 asshole complete total piece of shit when I met him yeah I don't ever want to be that you know I don't want to carry that out to the fan mm-hmm. table uh like, he was annoyed that he had to meet me and hear about how I loved his. Because, you know, I was a kid. I read, like, yeah. the kid, you know, the young Indiana wow. Jones version of his mystery stuff. What a... Listen, Peretti, if I see you in public, I'm going to knock you in the fucking jaw. All right? He, how dare you? He also slipped a bunch of... Because they all do. They all slip a bunch of occult stuff in there, which, of course, that was, you know, what was actually getting my interest as far as what was in his stories. You telling me Peretti made you a dark warrior? <laughs> um, okay, this is from Drugs. Uh, hi, Effie and Peter. Hope you guys have a great Fourth of July weekend. I was stuck working. 
My question is a two-parter. Effie, this Saturday, the venue you're working in used to be a porn theater, a old jack shack, if you will, in the late 70s or early 90s. Is this your first time wrestling in an old porno theater? Second, can I bring you any candy or snacks? If they're in very small packages, yes. But this is something I've been wanting to bring up. I'm going to do this part first. Uh, If you're bringing me gifts on the road, they are not making it home safe. And I'm sorry to say it. I have a P.O. box. Please send stuff to the P.O. box. It is much easier for me to go pick it up at the P.O. box. Things that are given to me on the road, I travel in a way to where I bring what is necessary of me, and I am maxed out. I have two suitcases that are full. I have a backpack that's full. When I get gifts on the road, be it pictures, be it art, be it cool snacks, be it stuff, it just gets thrown in the bag. So if you would kindly send it to my P.O. box, it would be much more appreciated. Although I might just eat some candy. Candy might be okay. Uh, But I've been given a lot of cool art pieces. I've been given a lot of cool toys and things that I've just fucked up. And is it on me? A little bit. Uh, But I don't have a large scale way to get things home. And my bags are already usually overweight. So please to everyone, send the gifts to the P.O. box. Please don't hand me things at shows. I'm already frazzled as it is to wrestle and then go to my table and I'm sweaty and I'm trying to sell merchandise and take pictures with people. I don't know where to put this shit. I don't have any fucking place to put this shit. So just it's appreciated, but also I don't know where to put any of this shit. Uh, This, I believe, is my first time wrestling in an old porno theater. But Peter, you actually you've been in an old porno theater before, haven't you? We were talking about this literally yesterday. Okay, I was not there for this. Okay, they brought you the lights. I received the... I was the benefactor of not theater, but studio. Studio. Where they they make the the pancakes, make the sausage. I was trying to avoid that one. (laughs) I I did um, film a short film during COVID within an old porn studio. But for the first, like, Wank and Bank Theater, this will be my first show in a Wank and Bank Theater. And I would suggest when this comes out, well, I guess it's going to come out and it'll probably be announced. They have not announced my match for this show yet. They've announced I'm on the show, but I don't know who I'm wrestling on this show yet. And usually I don't know until you know who I'm wrestling on any show. So we'll see what happens. You're wrestling an old porno ghost. I'm wrestling cummy ghosts. You know, what's worse than a regular ghost? Ghost Millions of ghosts that are that are built of the cum. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, think of that. All the Holy babies splattered shit. on the floor come to life, gnawing at my feet, saying, please, you should have raised us. I'll go, it's not my cum. <laughs> I hope they've mopped since the theater shut down. I would hope so. I would hope so. We'll see. Uh, but no, we were watching Drag Race yesterday, and I... You know, I noticed Drag lights. Race Mexico. Yes, indeed. Um, and I noticed some lights they were using as props in the background as lights that I received from an old porno theater when the church I was going to did a mission. Yeah, you also kind of roasted them for having these lights. You're like, these lights are not good lights. Well, okay. They're very old lights yeah. and they were also inoperable. They were not firing or set up in a way that was beneficial. To, they were set. They were prop lights. They were prop lights. So that because because people need to see something that looks like a studio light during the pinata photo shoot. <laughs> Shout out Drag Race Mexico. Uh, this is from Emily. Do either of y'all collect anything? All right. This is I'm going to sound once again like kind of not a good person. I pretty much throw everything away. I have no physical attachment to anything. I wish I did. I wish I liked collecting things. I wish I liked keeping stuff. 
this is something I think me and you differ on a little bit. Where like I will throw anything away. I have, I have the most basics that I need, and anything beyond that is give or take. You know, stuff will stay with me for a while because I get lazy, but I don't have any collections that I, you know, keep uh, of importance by any means, and I have no real attachment to anything physical. I'm a forward moving human being. Uh, what about you, Peter? Yeah, I um, I think it's just the leftover missionary, oh, you're like, we don't have anything kind of vibe. Just that like mentality where everything was like, because we would come to the States and I would get my clothing for the next four years, like that Ooh. kind of deal. And so there, there. Sometimes I get into a little bit of like a poverty mindset about things, where I'm like, oh, I have to keep this thing because I don't know if I will need it later on, and I never do. Um, one of the best things that happened to me though was living in a house with black mold, and I lost my entire extensive record collection. Oh, and I no longer have a need to collect things because it just is heartbreaking. I had to admit to my mom that I lost all of her vintage record collection oh, that she had shit. passed on to me because that shithead who used to be in the Dangerous Summer stole it out of my house when I let them stay there. And then he ended up getting arrested for stealing music equipment in Texas. So what goes around comes around, you stupid fucking bitch. Steal my fucking records. I would like to... I don't know. I collect <laughs> weird magical objects, but that also is bad because... I had to bury one in the ground the other day because it was not. It was not leading you in the right path. No. Um, I yeah, like I like in in theory, I like collections and things. Yeah, but I would rather live in a library fashion where it's give and take. The amount of things I just go dump at the Lost and Found Youth thrift shop. If I'm going through it, like I'm gonna go through shirts today, and part of me says people would buy these shirts if you put them online. These are like Effie worn specific wrestling shirts. And the other part of me goes, throw them all in a box. I don't have time for this shit. So, like, there's even, like, such a, such a lack of attachment of anything that I won't even financially benefit from when I get rid of the things. Oh, well. Oh, well. Okay, this is from Rob. Hi, Effie. Hello, Peter. This question is mostly for Peter. Ooh. With the indie wrestling knowledge you've gained from being around Effie, which three or four wrestlers would you immediately sign if you started your own promotion Ooh. Um, okay, I've slightly misread this question, but I do have an answer, and I promise I wrote this before we recorded today, Ooh, because okay. it does touch on something that we touched on earlier. Good. Uh, so I, God, I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm excited. This is great. Okay. So I, I just wrote four different matches. Okay, good. For my That's wrestling fine. promotion. That's fine. Um, so. Okay, we'll start at the end. I want to do Speedball Mike Bailey in a Neo versus the Agent Smith style match where he has to fight 20 other people all dressed in suits. I already love your booking. And it can be like various other wrestlers. I'm not looking for uniformity with the Agent Smiths. In fact, it would be funnier if it's a wide range of sizes. Right, but of they're all just wearing the suit. wear suits. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has such a Keanu uh, vibe anyway. He does. Like, there's just a coolness about him. Yeah, he's a spy. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm going to save that one for last. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd versus Andreza Giant Panda. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're signing both of them. We're signing the Giant Panda and Jimmy Lloyd. Um, okay, 
superhuman, the <laughs> this is for all the juggalos and juggalettes. <laughs> yep. Versus Matt Cardona. Um, but I need Matt Cardona to wear his Buzz Lightyear gear again, and superhuman is going to be Woody. Holy shit. You know, I had a, a run-in situation with superhuman one time where he attacked me. <laughs> it wasn't in- a match? It was like there was a match, and then he ran in at the end and beat me up. It was against Chuckles the Clown in Florida. That's all that needs to be said about that. That's It was an interesting day. Okay, and then the very last one is Effie versus Wallace Shawn. Holy shit. Which version of Wallace Shawn is this? Um, I think we have to go classic Princess Bride because yeah. he has to do the line at the end. Yeah. He loses. <laughs> I would have never imagined Wallace Shawn in the wrestling ring. I think this is perfect. Peter, your your promotion is actually going to be one of the most successful promotions <laughs> that's ever happened. Uh, speaking of Andres of the Giant Panda and Jimmy Lloyd, Jimmy Lloyd actually has a match against Yoshihiko, the wrestling doll, next week on a Hell show I'm yes. on. So I'm very excited to see that. Uh, and Speedball is going to be fighting Yoshihiko, the wrestling doll, in New York City the same night. I fight Cardona and Seth Delander with my tag partner, Ali Catch and Bussy. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't want to show you the text message from Matt Cardona live on the air, but I will, and it's fucking hilarious. Okay, speaking of Jimmy Lloyd, this one is from Amber. Peter and Effie, I think it's time to address the Jimmy Lloyd effect of listening to the podcast. The subliminal messaging technique has been way stronger than anything the Southern Baptist Church ever threw my way. (laughs) I survived a pray away Y2K. The lady-in-waiting purity classes, the car crash after prom-themed judgment houses, those are the fucking best. Y'all, if you want a crazy documentary to watch, watch Hell House. Okay. It is Christianity at its most insane. I think we have to watch Hell House. It's... you. Are you aware of the Christian-themed no. haunted houses that they do where no. it's all like morality? Like you go in and it's like someone getting an abortion, drunk driving, car accident, what? but like horrific. Wow. And it's basically Christian scared straight around Halloween. This sounds awesome. <laughs> it's interesting. I can't wait for Born Again Effie. <laughs> I'm very susceptible to haunted houses, as it turns out. Um, I, so the car crash after Palm themed judgment houses, but I binge listened to the podcast to catch up a few months ago and have since watched The Good Shepherd, the Hardway documentary, and all the Jimmy Lloyd IWTV has to offer. Thank you so much for the work you put into Weekend at Effie's. Jimmy Lloyd is the best wrestler of all time. He can wrestle anyone. He's never greedy. He wants to make you look sickening. And he's the most unassuming wrestler of all time because he'll literally... Here's an example. We did a show in Las Vegas once. Jimmy Lloyd's music hit and he woke up, put on someone else's shoes, wrestled the whole match, got to the back, said, these are my shoes and took them off and went back to sleep. And you're like, how did you just do all of that, Jimmy Lloyd? And it's like, it's almost a miracle. He's just like, he's a maverick of entertainment. You know, A24 is doing a deathmatch documentary right now that centers around a lot of Jimmy Lloyd stuff. And the new... Uh, Talk to Me movie from A24 is developed uh, or is directed by Philip and Michael Philippou. And Michael Philippou is actually Raka Raka, who I've met before, who wrestles as the McDonald's clown in Deathmatch. And I did not know this. And Jimmy Lloyd said to me after the show in LA, he said, Do you want to go to the movie premiere? And I said, Neither of us are ready to go to an A24 movie <laughs> premiere. And he was like, You're right. We'll just go to bed. 
and just the casualness of being included in an A24 film premiere and Jimmy going like, I don't feel up to it. It is, there's, he is a maverick and he is one of the most fun people to be around and he's very authentic. And I hope that people will go back and watch all the Jimmy Lloyd matches. If I have to make a suggestion, it would be the emo night. And this is on fight plus. If you go look it up, Jimmy Lloyd versus Effie emo night, emo Jimmy Lloyd coming out to my chemical romance with (laughs) Nick Gage screaming, play that fucking my chemical romance at the stage. Jimmy Lloyd coming out in full, my chemical romance paint and gear and me in my emo outfit, uh, having an emo ass match. It is just like, he always understands the assignment. And I think that's one of the most important things in wrestling. And yes, he was in a film with Robert De Niro and Matt uh, Damon. And as as his mom put it, yeah, he was really good at acting. He would do really good at all these uh, uh, casting calls and all these auditions. And it just was boring to him. So then he went to CZW to do Deathmatch. And to just be like, nah, I'm beyond this as an entertainer. I need live entertainment with blood. At that age, at 14, 15, is fucking incredible to me. He is... Look how many people he's gotten over if you go back and watch all these matches. What a... what a, I, There's not enough good stuff I can say about Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah, we will continue putting Jimmy Lloyd over on the podcast. One of my favorite people. Hell yeah. He had a match yesterday with the Ariel Crow, and he put Ariel Crow through a table covered in firecrackers. Oh my god. <laughs> and shout out GCW Backyard. What a fucking... They've had five of them. I've never been a part of a single one. I've been a part of almost every other GCW show throughout the year. I've not done Backyard. There's a few reasons for that. One of those is, I'm not doing all that shit. The other is, that budget's not high enough. And the other is, there's only one Backyard match for Effie to have. And that is student versus teacher. Effie versus White Trash Fred in the Backyard. And until that can happen, I will not be in the Backyard. Okay, this next one's from Julie. I feel like people always have strong feelings about summer. What's the hot take from the weekend at Effie team? I feel like I got into it a little bit on here, but my hot take is that summer should be lazy. And for me, it never has been. So I'm trying to take my moments of summer laziness and, you know, moving into this place, having a shitty old Buick, not being required to wear pants most of the time. And being in a cool hippie neighborhood, this is the most summer summer has ever felt like to me Yeah, since I've been in high school. So I think I'm doing the right thing with it. What about you, Peter? What do you feel about summer? Okay, I'm going to be a little fired up on yeah, this Yeah, let's one go. Let's go. This is something that, I th- that I've been thinking about lately. Whenever the seasons change, it's the summer into fall into winter real quick turnaround. And then the same thing that happens with winter into spring into summer is there are a couple days where it's amazing. Right. And everyone goes, yeah, but it's going to be really hot soon. But what the big mistake that everyone made is you missed the day that's good. Right. And there are plenty of days during the summer where it's excruciatingly hot to make those other days where it's perfect even that much better. And so whenever the seasons change, I am just hit with, everyone's inability to enjoy the present moment where they're at and it drives me a little bit crazy i feel you yeah that's true and it's like as an adult you have so few of those moments that like you really have to hold on to them because there's so much stuff that just like regular everyday life requires of you 
that I think it is good even on days where it is excruciatingly hot or excruciatingly cold to appreciate that as well. Yeah. Because you know there's going to be a moment where you go, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. But you can't think of the perfect in regards to it's going to be horrible soon, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big American thing, though, is like we're we're so used to expecting the bad in anything that it's hard for us to admit when something is decent at the moment. And we are also probably too forward thinking of a society where what was the first thing I said, which was it's only going to get hotter every year now. And it's never going to be comfortable again. But that's another reason to appreciate the right now of it all. That's true. Be here now. Be here now. We're going to be here now, Peter. And I'm glad you got out before the rain started today. But I'm kind of happy that it's raining. I'm happy it's raining, too. I'm loving it. Also, I solved the ant problem in the car. We're good. good. We're we're covered. (laughs) I cleaned the whole thing out. I put in ant traps. And today, no ants in the car. All right. These are real things we're dealing with as roommates. I got to stop eating so many Reese's cups while I'm in the car and leaving the wrappers there. The ants were everywhere when I drove you yesterday. I'm sorry. (laughs) Please sign up for weekend at effies.com. The Patreon is getting a little restructure that will benefit you greatly. And we will be moving to Monday releases on the podcast coming up shortly. Follow Peter Instagram and Twitter at low sky dance, L O W S K Y D A N C E. And follow me everywhere. Effie lives. E F F Y L I V E S Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. We're gonna do we're gonna do that thing we do in one second. We have uh, three more questions. Do Holy you, shit! Keep do them you, rolling. Do you keep it going? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Stay here, folks. This is from Chob. Chob. Hey, Effie. I was wondering what are some of your cool, unique slash weird places that you've been traveling somewhere for wrestling, especially places that aren't that big of a city or a popular popular tourist destination spot. If I'm traveling out somewhere for a wrestling show, I like to seek out museums and or comic book shops and collectible shops. In that regard, I have two recommendations for Hartford. One is Connecticut Science Center and the other is Comics and Collectibles. Stopped there before one of the GCW shows and ended up taking home a several hundred dollar Batman statue. I love that. Well. And speaking of Providence, Lovecraft Arts and Sciences is up there as far as a few unique locations go. So what are some unique off the beaten path stuff that you've done traveling for wrestling? I've been at a lot of major cities recently, but I think sometimes the in-between stuff is very fun. I always will go into an antique shop or an antique furniture shop and just see what weird stuff is going on in there. Uh, I love going into weird collectible shops, like you said, but I have to be careful who I go in with, uh, go into them with. I've been in them before with uh, like Danhausen. And he is so particular about what he's looking for in these collectible shops that I don't think he's really taking in the whole store. And he'll be like, do you have this 1992 Joker variant in this specific line? And I'm like, they have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over here, man. This is cool. (laughs) Recently, I wrestled in Taylor, Michigan, and I think part of it was on the video. And they had this sort of like flea market swap shop on the other side of the venue where basically like there was a hundred different stores cause it was different people's stuff coming in, but there was all sorts of weird shit in there from weird McDonald's toys and knives and belt buckles and lighters and NASCAR memorabilia and a whole section of I love Lucy stuff that was wild. And I think you just have to like, especially when you've got time, you, you've got to at least try to explore a little bit in all of these places. You know, obviously it's it's easy to say, oh, I'm here, I'm there. You know, let me go to the hotel, shut up, let me eat, 
at a place I understand. But I think sometimes getting in on the food of these smaller places uh, and getting in on the weird antique shops, because that's where you're going to see the stuff of like, nowadays everything's sort of streamlined in a way where like every town you go to has an Applebee's, a Kohl's, a Best Buy, and a weird mall with a GameStop in it. And so it's hard to see the differences in American cities when everything is sort of streamlined in that way. And so when you go into the antique stuff and you look at the older stuff, that's where you sort of see like what made this place different or what weird stuff they have. I like butter churners too. Uh, I don't know specifically about places though, you know, but I, I remember doing doing the drive from uh, LA to San Francisco that I did a while back. There's a lot of weird stuff on the path there. And it's also beautiful to see like where almonds and avocados and tomatoes are grown and seeing the farmland in the bigger sphere of things. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. I saw a cat aggressively eating an avocado on the internet the other day. What? Yeah. Cats like avocados. Apparently some cats do. Holy moly. Okay. This is from Anthony. Dear Peter and Effie. Besides what is currently going on in the new house, do either of you have any ghost stories from your past? Also, Effie, how do you feel about GCW debuting in Seattle later this year? Hope you two are happy and healthy. Stay safe. Peter, I don't know. I think I probably have plenty of experiences with spirits and ghosts and things, but I'm a little bit aloof sometimes to what's going on around me, you know? And I think it probably passes me by more often than not. Or I don't give it as much credence as I could. That's how you should be, honestly, because when people have... I I had a coworker this week come to me and be like, hey, I'm going to describe something to you, and I need you to tell me what it was. Yeah. And they were a little freaked out about it, and I basically just had to be like, unfortunately, this stuff is happening all the time around you, and there's nothing you can do about it when you start seeing it, so maybe give it a little bit less importance. Yeah, stop paying attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought I would be more scared to go back in the laundry room, but honestly, there's a sense of calm in there. There is. It's something's wrong, but there's a sense of calm. Yeah. And I'm more worried about the rat than I am worried about any spirits that are in there. You know what I mean? I will say last night I was walking Lucy outside too, and there was some weird lighting in the woods that I couldn't tell where it was coming from. And obviously it's the 4th of July, so there's a lot of like noise going on, but it wasn't firework or porch light lighting. It was very weird. Coming over from this side. Interesting. Between the houses. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't look deeper, but I'm kind of fine with it. I like I like knowing I often think of spirits in the way of let's say you re-record a TV show over an old VHS tape, and sometimes like the streaks get lost on there. In the first house we moved to here, there was a streak, so to say, that was definitely stuck in the basement of this building, where I imagine they used to have like the peasants or the slaves or wherever you know, staying in that would walk back and forth from the bathroom towards our bedroom through the kitchen. And it was like always the same and always sort of like, you know, the same cadence and stepping and lightness. And it wasn't like they were messing with anything. It just almost felt like something was stuck in that position over and over that wasn't like able to really react or interact with everything going on there. But I do think the more we learn about time, the more we're going to learn about time streaking of things in the past that are in that same place like I brought up with uh, the Tower of Terror, and everyone's been inside that one yeah. little room. Yeah. When you have that much human activity in yeah. a space, eventually something gets streaked to the tape and is repeated in a way that can't really be interacted with, but is there nonetheless in whatever form it takes. 
Morphic Resonance. Morphic Resonance? Uh, Dr. Rupert Sheldrake, a uh, British scientist. It's his whole like pet theory on this stuff of like the memory that spaces contain. That makes sense. Time. What a weird, what a weird concept. Okay, last question. Uh, this is from Eric. Hey, Effie and Peter, three things. If you could sleep with a dead celebrity, who would it be and why? Also, can we get an Effie Burt and Peter Burt shirt? And Effie, will you be doing a meet and greet at the GCW show in NYC? Thanks, guys. Y'all are doing God's work. Yes. To the last part of the question, I will be down at the merch table in the back. It is a very tight area, but you'll have plenty of time to come hang out and meet and take pictures with me. I promise. Um, Effie Burton, Peter Burt shirt, I think is a good idea. We do have another shirt coming that I haven't told you about yet. Oh, that shit. is, it's very fueled by ramen 2007. And I think you're going to really enjoy it Hell because yeah. it includes our babies as well. Aww. Yeah. This shirt rules. Uh, I forced Alex cost to make it the other day. Uh, so that will be coming soon. More weekend at Effie's merch. Thank you for supporting. Uh, the first question, what was that? Dead celebrity to sleep with. All right. I got to tell you something. I watched a documentary the other night in bed about rock hudson famous closeted gay celebrity yeah i'm gonna fuck rock hudson dude that guy rules that guy was great and he was just fucking everybody you look through and he was just like he would host these parties at his house where like they would call him up and they'd be like ah here's another guy he's six two very muscular now he's gonna come over so he'd have these pool parties where like everybody's just naked at his pool hanging out he's just being a playboy celeb and they kept trying to trick him into getting married because people were wondering too much but he was he was acting as Rock Hudson, acting in the role of the movie, and I think I could have helped him release some of that tension. Come here, Rock. His real name was Roy, <laughs> <laughs> but he had to be a stone. He had to be a rock. That rules. Yeah. Um, what about you, Peter? Jack Parsons. Whoa. I'm For guessing also talking about weird celebrities that threw. Do you want to know the secrets? Is it like get the intimacy to learn the secrets? It's uh, the mystery is intriguing, but also I just think he was super hot. <laughs> all right, that, I mean, I like that too. Uh, I saw a picture of Houdini the other day, and he was all muscled up, looking all sexy. So I don't know, I might have fucked Houdini too. I'm gonna have to <laughs> look that one up. Yeah, he was all muscled out in his little singlet. I'm not even like a I'm not even like a singlet kink guy, but this guy was rocking a singlet, and it was it looked right. I'm just worried about the little pockets. The the skin flaps, you know, where he's hiding keys and mm. lock picks. And hey, let me tell you something: you can't get a skin flap pregnant. I guess you can't get anything on Houdini pregnant, but you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Leave your celebs uh, that you want to fuck that are dead in the comments. 